Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. There's over 180,000 titles for you to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio and get your free audiobook today. The COVID-19 global pandemic has taken us all by surprise and left many of us feeling helpless and uncertain. Those of us with events coming up have to make particularly hard decisions. In this episode of Cause Talk Radio, I chat with Chris Bayless of the Sponsorship Collective, who has some tips for you to consider when it comes to event sponsorship and a decision-making framework as you contemplate whether to cancel, postpone, or continue forward with your events. Well, hey, Chris Bayless, welcome to Cause Talk Radio. Megan, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me back. It is a crazy time, my friend, is it not? Oh, my goodness. Why do we only get to meet and talk when things are When things are, are insane. Why, let's, why can't we just have coffee or dinner I or something? Know. Okay, <laughs> next time, let's do that and talk about something yeah. super boring instead of COVID-19. Totally. Sorry, world. We, we caused uh, a... <laughs> an emergency because it was time for us to catch up. (laughs) I wish that were, it were that simple. Well, we are obviously here talking about sponsorship during times of crisis. You wrote, you wrote a fantastic blog post. I think, I feel like you were one of the first people who came out with actually something useful in this space. So thank you for your service. Um, We'll we'll post it to the show notes. Um, But uh Part of, I think, part of the impetus between behind writing this blog post for you was because you have an event that was supposed to happen at the end of April. We have one at the end of May um, that mm-hmm. you had to end up uh, hopefully postponing. Um, but it mm-hmm. sounds like you went through kind of a decision-making process. And then you kind of very graciously shared this, knowing that a lot of your clients have are in the event space as well in the nonprofit world and sponsorship world. Um, so, you know, created this fantastic resource, resource for yeah, people. Is that well. right? Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, you got it. I, uh, I I hate doing this, as you well know, but I have to give Joe Waters some credit. Um, oh, come on. We love Joe. We'll I give know, him all the credit. Not much. He gets... He was like 5% of the credit. Now he sent me a note and, uh, and said, listen, if, you, if you're planning to write a, a blog post about sponsorship and, and uh, COVID-19, let me know and I'll share it. And I thought, oh, I, oh, should do I guess that. I, sh- I should. <laughs> and I Good job, my, Joe. Yeah. And then I opened my inbox. And there was probably 150 emails from, yeah, from clients, from my database, through social media, colleagues, associations, asking, what the heck do we do if this thing goes south? Now, this was before, uh, I'm in Canada, if you haven't picked it up from my accent. Your accent. So, yeah. So, uh, so we were, f- we were nowhere near where we are now in our provinces in a state of emergency as our, uh, two others. Um, so we were, I think, we were anticipating things going south. Italy, I don't, I don't think Italy was even under lockdown at, at the time, wow. but things were escalating. And so, so yeah, so we went through this process with our own conference, and um, uh, and then as people were asking me what to do, 
my 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 reflection was really I can't, you know I, I really can't tell people what to do right. because I can't look back on the data what the right choice is but I can at least share the painful process that we went through painful and expensive process that we went through uh, to to come up with what I think is the right decision for our event uh, and so that was the 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 blog post and as soon as I published it people said could you do a video version <laughs> so I I woke up oh that's like, right I did see the video I did a video of it. I, I yeah. did see the video and uh yeah. I was like oh I must have missed that the first time but that makes me feel better that you actually just it put that up later. so okay walk us through let's just walk through the bro- the blog post so obviously you have three options when you have an event during this time walk us yeah. through what those are and uh then maybe kind of talk a, a little bit about each one of those Sure. You know, I think I, I think that starting from the recognition that there are three choices, three options is not particularly groundbreaking, right? You're either going to cancel, you're going to postpone, or you're going to move forward. But the, the piece that I think uh, many folks are missing is that is that they might hold the belief that to move forward with your an event with your event is not a choice. It is uh, business as usual. But actually, the choice to move forward. I really wanted to flag for people is a choice. You're choosing to take on risk if you're moving forward. Yep. You're still taking on cost. It is not necessarily the path of least resistance. And uh, the wait to wait and see is actually the, cho- the, the choice to continue with your event. And um, it can be comforting to wait and see mentally, but actually you're, you are indeed making a, a decision. And, and I think people just need to be aware of the, the potential costs and risks with that decision. And, uh, and so cancel, postpone, or move forward. Uh, for, for Brad and I, my business partner, uh, we went through this process and the decision we made uh, was to postpone because the other two were just too risky and uh, too expensive. Talk a little bit about um, the thought process. Like if you, um, you've got some great tips here. So if you decide to outright cancel an event, talk about, you've got some, I think, some interesting perspectives about sponsorship, for example. So what what should the expectation be? If you're going to outright cancel an event, what should you ha- expect to have to do with your sponsors? Yeah, so that's, a, and that's a good, uh, good distinction. When I'm talking, I'm talking purely about sponsorship and, uh, I'm taking the position that sponsors as a stakeholder group, um, are separate from ticket holders and so on. So you may, as an event planner, prioritize your ticket holders over your sponsors or, or, or whatever. But so this isn't necessarily me saying sponsors come first, but I will be totally transparent for us sponsors came first. They were our first stakeholder that we communicated with. Uh, So I think it's important, though, that if you're considering simply canceling your event, because sponsorship is a marketing discipline, and your sponsors are purchasing marketing, sales, communications, activations, if you don't have the event, which is the main trigger for that revenue, that you should fully, you should expect to give a full refund when you're making that decision. There are some ways that you might be able to avoid a full refund. But for us, when we were deciding whether or not to cancel, it was cancel with a full refund to our sponsors because that's the only thing we can assume that will be an outcome. And so, you know, I say in the article that it is reasonable to expect your sponsors to understand, right? These are truly unexpected times. And this is unlikely the case of your own negligence or lack of planning. Uh, this is something that's external and happening to all of us. So your sponsors can 
should understand. But them understanding doesn't mean you keep the money, right? So if you cancel, a refund is likely. But there are some situations where where you can do a partial refund uh, or another option where you can convert the assets you sold them into other types of assets, other properties, other digital activations and opportunities, Mm -hmm. uh, which is part of what we did. How, can you talk a little bit more about that? How do you recommend people approach sponsors in this particular predicament? Um, again, you know, not no fault of your own, but something external happened. How do you recommend you even do you have a conversation with sponsors? Do you have three options they can pick from? Like what? How do you approach those yeah. sponsors? So the way the way that we handled it, first of all, uh, before we before Brad and I pursued these three options. Um, we talked to our sponsors, we talked to our legal team, and we talked to our uh, accountant, and we talked to the venue. So everyone out there listening, step one absolutely must be your legal team. And uh, and I would say your, your accountant as well. Uh, do not implement any advice you've heard, read, even if it sounds good, even <laughs> if it's coming from us who have been through this or are currently going through it. You have to talk to your lawyer um, uh, and vet all advice and have them review your contract. Uh, so we spoke to our sponsors early on. We let them know where we stood. We let them know that this there's a potential that this would disrupt the conference or have an impact on our event. Uh, and th- But we didn't actually have a conclusion for them. We didn't have a plan of attack for them. What we said instead is, we're now going to take this forward, talk to legal, talk to accounting, talk to our event planner, and talk to the venue about our options. And we will be back to you in X days with a firm answer. And so in my article, I talk about how we were later than we wanted to be in communicating with our sponsors, by no means late. We didn't put this off. We just took longer to get back to our sponsors because we wanted to get back to them with a firm, clear, this is our plan. And so we went back to our sponsors and said, here are the dates that we believe we can postpone to. They're on hold with the venue. Does that work for you? Does that still deliver your sponsorship goals for this event? And is there anything that we can do between now and then uh, to to deliver? And one of our sponsors in particular uh, said, this is all great. We're, we're on board. We completely support this decision. But we did have some sales goals tied to this event taking place at the end of April. And so is there anything we can do together, perhaps digitally, to offer our shared audience some value and hopefully uh, engage them in the same way as the conference? And so, you know, for us, um, coming with a plan, with a strategy, being open to other assets, other activations, and not charging more money for those additional assets, even though they went out out of scope, uh, I think was a big part of why not a single one of our sponsors asked for a refund and every one of them responded with, um, with, with support. So to talk to talk to your sponsors, Often, regularly, probably more than you think they want to hear from you. And absolutely, do not let the first time your sponsors hear from you be when you do a public notice to your database. They, they're VIPs. They should be treated as such. So you got to talk to them first. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. My guest today, Chris Bayless, has a book recommendation for you called The Four Disciplines of Execution, Achieving Your Wildly Important Goals by Sean Covey, Chris McChesney, and Jim Hewling. 
Chris says he loves this book because when applied to sponsorship sales and marketing for both brands and charities, it can significantly increase your efficiency and sales. Best of all, Chris says it tells you what you should be measuring to know if you are on track before it's too late. You can download the four disciplines of execution for free on Audible with your 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. Talk a little bit more about some of those virtual options. Do you have clients that are in the same predicament that you are? Are there resources that you have for people who are considering like, oh my gosh, because I mean, I think part of the challenge here and part of the stress level and the anxiety around COVID-19 is just not knowing how long this is going to go on. Um, not knowing if this is going to come back in the fall, you things like that. So part of you know my own thought process goes, well, maybe we should do something virtual anyway, because it's it's a little bit safer. We're all stuck at home. This is actually a good time for people to be, you know, captive in front of their TV or computer screens. So yeah. Yeah. I think the virtual option is the, is the most obvious. Um, it's the most obvious option and the most obvious answer for those running conferences, for those running education events. If the primary goal of your event is to deliver education, you can do that through, um, through webinars. You can do that digitally. And you can, and if your main delivery mechanism for your sponsors is thought leadership, you can still deliver that through a webinar online. But if the primary goal uh, of your event is a peer to peer fundraising event that's going to bring people together in community, you can replace some of that with a virtual event. But the truth is, uh, it doesn't actually accomplish the same goal. If we take our own, if we take as our main goal, fundraising for these events, then maybe you could accomplish your goal. Uh, but if we take as the goal community and people coming together and people interacting, then a virtual option probably won't uh, cover you, it probably won't be a, a good replacement. And so in that case, uh, I would say you should still try a digital option, but you are starting to venture more into the significant postponement or cancellation of your event. Uh, but but certainly if you're doing education, if you're doing a conference, um, it's hard to get people to network online through digital, but the primary goal of education and thought leadership can still be delivered. Um, however, you know, having been to the, the your peer-to-peer event uh, a couple of times, um, part of the, like what makes that event so awesome is that you can engage in like a cool vi- virtual reality bike riding experience right there on the spot. How do you do that virtually? How do you do that digitally? And the answer, lucky for us as sponsorship sales folks, we don't actually have to come up with. Our goal, our strategy is to talk to these uh, these partners of ours, our sponsors, and ask them how what go over the goal outcomes that you discussed early on when you were selling your sponsorship. And ask them other ways that you can help get that same outcome together. Other ways you can measure success of, of an activation. And it may look totally different, but you might still be able to deliver the same outcome by talking to your sponsors. They know how they make sales. They know how they get people into their sales pipeline. It's our job as the, as the sponsorship sales professional to tease that out of them and really dig deep so that you can deliver the same outcome not outputs. We tend to think of sponsorship as logos on signs. As long as I put logos in front of the same amount of people, I'm covered. But your sponsors may not agree. 
So part of um, part of our thought process, too, and we, in full disclosure, as of March 18th, when we were recording this podcast, ha- have not made a decision yet about our event. Part of one of the things we're, conver- we're considering is a virtual event. Um, I'm not saying we're considering it, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. But um, what are your thoughts about virtual events? And I-, I think you've got some similar considerations. You've got, I agree, we've been looking at all sorts of like very fancy, very fancy online conference platforms that are also very expensive that I'm sure we won't be using. And they're like, oh, you know, people can go into the chat room and chat. And I'm like, nobody's going to do that. Like, nobody's going to do that. So like, to your point, like you're still, you're missing that in-person piece. I th- you're, th- you know, you can still deliver content. And I think there's some value to, um, it's not the same, but there's some value to still seeing the content in a, in a virtual event. But curious to know your thoughts on them. Well, I would say, you know, if if you sold a bunch of tickets to a, an in-person event and then you just out of the blue decided, you know what, I'll make more money if I do this virtually. You pull the plug on the live event and expect everyone to be okay with that. Uh, you're going to destroy your brand and pr- probably <laughs> you're going to damage your brand. Like not use, but not, yeah, yeah. not engage your goods right, specifically. Right, right. Just all, all of the listeners out there. But that's not what we're dealing with, right? What we're dealing with right now is people aren't, uh, at least in... in um, uh, in in my province and in, in my Canadian version of a state, uh, we actually have been banned from events over fifty people. Oh yeah, same. Yeah, so so we just we just can't gather. Not a possibility. Uh, yep, that's right. So you know, if I think, what would my what would I want if I were an attendee? And uh, I registered for inbound this year and uh, uh, in Boston over the summer, and they're like, yeah, we don't. I think at this point, they're still planning to move ahead, but there may be a virtual option. And so that seems like a reasonable reaction to me. And I will begrudgingly attend digitally this year, given the circumstance. And so I think it's, I think it's fair. And I think people should under, I think that your attendees will understand. And I think your sponsors will understand. However, an attendee, again, understanding doesn't mean you get to keep the money. So an attendee might not see the same value and a sponsor might not see the same value. Absolutely. So for our decision-making process, what we did, um, and I should also say the Sponsorship Collective, which is, which is my business, we run virtual conferences year-round. Like every quarter, we have a full-on virtual oh, conference. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, we do it. Um, uh, we've got one coming up on April 1st, uh, which was planned long before any of, any of this madness happened. And we've been doing so for about five years. And so I know my way around a virtual event. And there are tons of benefits to holding them. Uh, but one of the benefits that are unquestionably lost uh, is the face-to-face interaction and the, um, and the um, uh, networking. But, but nevertheless, uh, you know, having a virtual event, I think, is a, is a, is a fine option. Um, but the choice that we made with our conference was, let's postpone to a date that's significantly in the future. For us, that's December. And, and let's do some virtual stuff with our sponsors. But rather than transitioning to a full virtual conference to replace our live conference, uh, we're going to do some roundtables and some free webinars and free resources kind of speckled throughout the, out the year. So I think those are all fair reactions um, from an event planning perspective. But from a sponsorship revenue perspective, if you're going to drop the live event, in place of a, in, in, instead favoring a digital event, then you have to think about how much of a refund you're going to have to offer your sponsors. Right. 
Right. It could be 100%. Uh, you could only refund the assets you won't be delivering. But if they, they being the sponsors, put a lot of value in giving out samples live or interacting with people at the exhibit space or for some really large um, companies in our, in our space, uh, they want to just be there so that they're seen as supporting our events. Those things have a significant value. And if you can't deliver them, then you should expect to, to have a refund. So even though you're doing all the right things, you're probably not going to get to keep all the sponsorship money. Well, that's somewhat depressing. Um, this whole topic is somewhat depressing. So uh, end us on a happy note, Chris. What's uh, Pull out your crystal ball and tell us something fun that's going to come out of all this. Something good. Give us a silver lining. I got nothing. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you a silver lining. It is my. I got nothing. I got nothing. Uh, I'll give you a silver lining. It's my my lovely wife Jasmine's fortieth birthday Aww. in two days from now, and we were meant to be on a flight to New Orleans Aww. to celebrate, and it was going to cost me a fortune. <laughs> and instead, all I could do is make her hamburger helper because we didn't panic buy food like everyone else and that's all that was left at the grocery store oh my gosh one silver lining in all of this is that is that i get to be terrible at delivering a birthday and i have an excuse but from from a sponsorship perspective uh you know what what i'm seeing what i'm experiencing right now and and this is with our own event as well as multiple interviews webinars and um a, a significant client load everyone is understanding of of what's happening right now and i'm seeing a lot of people come together in community right we we have to do what's best for our industry we have to do what's best for our shared audience and and people are stepping up to the plate for the I, not even for the most part I have yet to hear of uh, from a sponsorship perspective anyone who's doing what i would describe as the wrong thing and so the window right now is wide open use this to connect with your sponsors and ask them the best way to move forward together. Your sponsors, they're investing in marketing. They still have sales goals. Even if this triggers a recession, uh, all the more reason for them to invest in marketing and sales. So you can step up right now and be a good partner and be really clear about what they're trying to achieve. Um, And that's the approach that I would take versus kind of making our decision in a bubble, canceling and communicating after the fact. Sit down with your sponsors and ask them, how can we make this the best investment you've made all year? And how can we deliver on your goal outcomes in a measurable way? So that when the dust settles, you just pick up where everything left off. So, you know, silver lining, really, um, uh, this is something that will pass and uh, and communication is your friend. You really cannot over communicate with your your sponsors, your corporate partners, and um, and I think that's really important. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for uh, jumping on the horn at short notice to talk about this. We're going to get this episode pushed up very quickly, and we'll make sure I will put a link to your blog post and fabulous video. Where can people find you online, Chris, if they want to do that? Best place, sponsorshipcollective.com. Come in, come and find, uh, find us online. And, uh, to date, we have about 200,000 words written on our blog post, which I'm told is the equivalent of three, uh, business books worth of content. I could have written a book by now. I dude. know. So three it's books. It's all there online. What are you doing? <laughs> no kidding. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I've clearly 
I clearly picked the wrong path here, but uh, <laughs> we have tons of really, um, we just have a ton of uh, free content specific to the sponsorship space. So if you're hurting right now, um, uh, and I would also say to prep for the, for the future, um, now is a good time to tune up your sponsorship program. And we, got, we have tons of information for free. So check it out. Amazing. We'll put that in the show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. And you can find me online at Megan Strand on Twitter, at engageforgood on Twitter. You can also find the podcast on iTunes and Google Play and really wherever you get your podcasts. So please make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're going to have more on COVID-19 and lots more great topics coming soon. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks again, Chris, for being here. And we'll talk to you real soon. 